but what is going on in the spirit realm? What is happening with the church? And I said, I just felt led to call you. He's a personal friend of mine. And uh, he said, well, he said, brother, uh, he said, here's what's happening uh, uh, right now in the spirit realm for us in our area. He said, I believe that God is drawing people with his power and with his spirit as never before. He said, I believe that the Trinitarians are God is visiting them, them one more time. And uh, he said that uh, uh, I am seeing them call us uh, and wanting to be baptized in Jesus' name because they got a revelation of the mighty God in Christ in their homes. Uh, and as they were studying, and even at the church they went to, praise the Lord. Uh, and we were seeing them come in. Uh, and he said, you know, uh, he said, all these years... Uh, he said, uh, we have had the go ye mentality. And he said, there's nothing wrong with go ye mentality. But he said, what good has that done us in the long run? How many people go ye? Amen. And we need to go ye. Amen. But he said that, uh, that God is drawing people by his spirit. And so that brought to my attention uh, 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 several things that... Uh, had, uh, that I had written down in, uh, in my iPad uh, over the years. And one of them was about T.F. Tenney. We all know probably, uh, if you don't know Brother Tenney, that's all right. He was a great man. And he departed this earthly home uh, June, 1, uh, June the 1st in 2018. But he left us an impartation and a prophetic uh, declaration. Uh, May 27th, uh, the, the, the last Sunday that he was in church at the Pentecostals of Alexandria, Anthony Mangum walked down uh, and gave him the mic uh, and he said, prophesy to us, Bishop. Uh, he said, I believe you have a word from the Lord for us. Uh, prophesy and tell us what the Lord is saying. Uh, and Brother T.F. Tenney, on his last Sunday uh, uh, that uh, he ever got to go to church, again, the next week he was uh, in the arms of the Lord and he began to prophesy these words brother Tenney did and I quote I hear it from the everlasting hills the lightning of God is flashing from sky to sky I see its illumination then the voice that I hear is none other and it is the voice of God the things that God has told you shall come to pass I know that you've heard it before but you're going to hear it again the greatest revival in the history of the church. A revival is going to affect this city. It's going to affect this parish. It's going to affect this state. It's going to affect this nation. And it's going to affect this world. Amen. And you're going to be a part of it because it's coming to pass to the glory of God. He's made it wonderful. His name is Jesus and there's no other name in the heavens. He handed the mic back to Pastor Anthony Mangum and he went on to meet the Lord. And how prophetic are those words. We are entering into a new day. Amen. We are entering into a realm of the supernatural like we have never walked in heretofore. I don't know about you. And you may say, well, I haven't saw anything yet. Amen. Well, maybe you need to step out in faith and start to acting out. Amen. In the spirit. Maybe you need to step out and demonstrate. Amen. What's in? you or what's supposed to be in you. Come on somebody. We are living in the last of the last days. 
We are living in the end of the end times. But God is not finished yet. Amen. There is still yet the former and the latter rain that's going to come. There is still yet. Amen. His spirit will be poured out upon the, all the earth. And every nation will hear the gospel before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Get your faith back on. Get excited again. Get prayed up. Get filled up. Get your worship up. Get your dance up. Get your song up. Because God is about to do some things we have never saw before. It's time to understand that there is a shift taking place in the supernatural that will soon be made manifest in the physical realm that we live in. Amen. Hallelujah. A power, authority, spiritual breakthrough. And what God is doing is bigger than your imagination. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Do you know what is working in you? Somebody said, well, I'm glad we're back to normal. I understand that terminology a little bit. But there's never a normal anymore. Our world is not normal. We will never go back to normal again. And the church, whatever you were before COVID hit in March of 2020. Amen. Is that right? Amen. Maybe, hopefully, amen, by some slim chance, by hopefully, I pray that somehow you've got a hold of God greater than what you ever had before. Amen. And you're closer to God now or you was. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we cannot go back to our sleeping joint. We cannot go back to where we was at. Amen. Before COVID. I know how it is. Amen. I went through 9-11. I went through Operation Desert Storm. And I've traveled for over 25 years. Amen. On the road and all around the world. And pastors would tell me when I get there during calamity in, our, in, our, in America, our war, our threat of war, oh, our prayer rooms are full Brother Harris, we're really praying since the event, since it's happened. Hey, man, we're really on fire for God. But, honey, we better not go back to where we was at before. Praise the Lord, because we don't have time for normal. This is not a normal hour. Hallelujah. This is not a normal time. What brought us here? We can't let up. Now you can think whatever you want to. Say, well, as COVID's here again. I believe we're in a spiritual warfare. Now I'm going to get a little political, and if you feel different from me, you take the mic next week when I'm gone. I thank the Lord for all those that's vaccinated. God bless you. I thank the Lord for all those that's not vaccinated. God bless you. But let me tell you, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the rest that we are having or 
or uh, the lax or whatever, the freedom that we're now getting back to. Amen. You know, a little bit. Restrictions I'm talking about. I want you to know that it's not to happen because I feel. It's not happened because you took the vaccine or you didn't take the vaccine. It happened, amen, because of the spiritual atmosphere amen, and the prayers of all the saints of God and people around the world. Come on. I don't know about you, but surely you saw on Facebook all those people praying around the world. In Brazil, they were in the streets on their face. In India, they've been in the woods praying. And while they were in the woods praying, I got one video. They showed me, oh, we're out in the woods, Pastor. They were videoing. Oh, we're out in the woods, Pastor, because we cannot have church. And, uh, oh, brother, uh, we are out here, and God is meeting with us. And as we are, as we worship the Lord, 24 receive the Holy Ghost while we're out in the woods for worshiping. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to know that what God is doing and what he's going to do there can't be enough executive order signed to stop the move of God amen no political party no virus no disease can stop the church of the living God hallelujah I'm telling you amen this church like the old song says it's been through the fire but the fire couldn't burn it it was fed to the lions but the lions couldn't eat it it's fought a lot of wars but never defeated well it's the church triumphant and it's been by the hand of the Lord. Well, I'm talking about the church in the book of Revelation. Oh, come on. It's built on the rock. It's got a firm foundation. It's been through the fire and it's been through the flood. But one of these days, this church is going to move up a little higher. I'm glad to be a part of the church. It's time to get in it. Quit trying to perfect something that God's already perfected. Quit griping about it. I know it ain't like it was 20 years ago. I mean, our music. Thirty, forty years ago. Some of y'all don't even remember that. But let's have church. Amen. I'm telling you that God told Noah to build the ark, seven hundred fifty feet long, so much high, so much wide. How many windows to put in it? And he gave them the dimensions of everything but the door. Because the door, there ain't no dimensions on the door because everybody can come in. Get ready, church. Amen. If you got a problem with certain kind of people, then pray through. Come on in here. Amen. Come on, we're welcoming everyone, every race, every tribe, every tongue. Hallelujah. Homosexuals, come on. You're welcome here. We love you. Amen. Lesbians, come on. Amen. Fornicators, but such for some of you. Amen. Come on in the house. Amen. Amen. Because God's going to draw whatever's out there. They're coming in here. And what are you going to do when they come? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
I said, what are you going to do when they come? We want revival, but we want our kind of revival. God ain't going to give you your kind of revival. He's going to give you his kind of revival. He come to seek and save that which was lost. That means every last person out there that don't know God, he's out there seeking. And he's out there drawing to bring them into the body of Christ. Welcome. Welcome. Keep your judgmental spirit somewhere else. Take it to the altar. That'd be a good place. Pray through. If you weren't in so much stank, you could have been. Amen. That's so good, I can't already stand it. I mean, in Jacksonville, Illinois, I preached there a couple weeks ago, and they had prayer meeting on a particular night. This couple came from an hour and 15 minutes away. They were trying to find a church that was open. It wasn't a Wednesday night. That would have done good in some areas. They would all shut down. They wouldn't have been able to find them open. But this church was having prayer meeting on an off service. And this husband and wife come in, and they come running down the aisle, and there's about 13 people there in prayer. They come running down, and they wanted, they, they was looking for the pastor, and they said, we need help. We need to get baptized. We need to find Jesus because we don't know him. And they sat down and taught a Bible study to them. Baptize them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they turned them over to the pastor. Isn't that great? They turned them over to the other UPC pastor in their town. Amen. And he started a Bible study with them. Praise the Lord. That's the time that we're living in. Just in Iowa, two weeks ago, in Iowa, Praise the Lord. A man came in the church in a small little home mission church. And, uh, and uh, at the service close, uh, he, the altar call was given. He came to receive the Holy Ghost and got baptized in Jesus' name. And then uh, he told uh, the pastor, he said, I come in with my, uh, with my uh, Quran. But he said, I don't need it anymore. He said, I was a Muslim, but I am hungry for more. I want to know this Jesus that is one of the prophets in our movement. I want to know who he is. And now I have found out that he is, uh, he is the Lord our God. Amen. This is the hour we're living in. All over America, things are happening. A while back ago, I got to wonder. I was reading through the Bible. I come to Noah's Ark. I read it so many times. I've been taught it since a little child. I'm third generation Pentecost. My kids are fourth generation. My son's raising the fifth generation. Oh, I've heard about that story all my life. And I got sitting there looking at that, and I thought, man, just think. Two of every kind that God chose Amen. Got on board of the ark. And I got to thinking because I'm real smart. 
How'd they get on that ark? Who brought them? Did they have, was Noah and his boys the elephant whisper? And they went out into the jungle and whispered in the elephant's ears. Or they went up to a big old lion, the king of the jungle, Leo. And they said, hey, get on board the ark. Uh, amen. No, the Bible doesn't say that. But when the ark was completed and the doors were open, I believe that God put, instilled in the chosen pair of each kind a sense of impending doom and a desire to migrate to Noah and his ark for preservation. I believe they were drawn by God. And if God can draw a dumb animal on the ark, I'm sorry to say that about your dog or your cat or your canary or, uh, uh, you know, your, uh, what do you call them things? Emotional pets. Uh, or your emotional pet. I hate to break it to you, honey, but that is a dumb animal. Amen. I know that come across hard. Amen. I'm so sorry for that. Please forgive me. But I want you to know if some an animal can come in, amen, without having a being like us, praise God. Amen. If God can draw them, then don't you think that God can draw your loved ones? Don't you think that God can draw your neighbors? Yeah, you need to tell them. Yeah, you need to invite them. Yeah, you need to pray for your city. You need to pray for your nation. You need to pray for the world. I'm telling you, God is in the drawing business. Amen. Amen. 1120. Simon Dosh, great man. He was raised in the country of Bangladesh where we served 15 months. It is a, a Muslim country. He was way up high. His family was in the religion of Islam. <clears throat> and we're not speaking out against any Islam in a negative way. Hallelujah. But the people for hungry for more Wherever they are, they need an opportunity to know about Jesus. And when you're overseas in these countries, these third world countries, I want to say the country of Bangladesh, the nation is next to India. It is uh, the country of Bangladesh is the size of the state of Wisconsin. And Bangladesh has 165 million people living in it. <clears throat> and the country of Bangladesh has more mosques in it than any country in the world. And so what happens is that every mosque at the top, on the roof of every mosque is a PA system. A PA system's, of course, in a sheltered place. But there's loud speakers up because at five times during the day, the call to prayer goes forth. And that evening, he gets on, uh, uh, he gets on the microphone, and, he, and I believe the first one's about 5.30 in the morning. And, and, and every one of them are on the same time. It's like... You're hard of hearing? 10,000 call to prayers are going off. 
If you go there and you just flew in for about two or three weeks, you wake up at 5.30 because when they go off in your ear, you're like, because you ain't never heard such before. Here you call the police and they would arrest them or tell them to quieten down. You want to sleep, especially after you've flown 35 hours one way and it took you two days to get there and they're 12 and a half hours ahead of your time. You're, whack, you're whacked out. And so the guy is speaking in Arabic, oh, la, la, whatever it is, and he's telling people, get up, it's time to pray. I guess that's what he's telling them. I don't know. But they get up and pray. In the country of Bangladesh, they have big rows of carpet on the streets on the side of the road. And right before they call it a prayer, they row the carpets out in the streets, the men do, and they're on their face facing Mecca. At every call to prayer. They close their businesses down for prayer. Nothing takes precedent over the call to prayer. So he was in one of his call to prayers. He was in his prayer time. Brother Simon Dodge. That is not his name. That's his name now, but that's not his original name. Because he had to change it. And he was praying praying to Allah, and Jesus is one of the prophets. And he said an angel came. This happens very many times overseas, very, and even here. An angel appeared to him and started singing a melody to him, and he listened, and he saw the angel, and he was quite afraid. <laughs> and the angel said, you're going to go to a Christian church. And the Christian church that you go to, you will hear them playing this melody and singing this song that is in your mind. And you will go in there and you will find the answer to your problems. And you will find the answer of salvation there. And the angel vanished. And he got up and he thought he was going crazy because he believed that he already knew who uh, God was. And so a few days later, Simon Dosh said as he was walking down the road, uh, he heard uh, from coming from a little bitty house, a church service going on. Uh, and they were singing the same song that the angel gave him. He walked into that, uh, which was very forbidden, first of all, by any Muslim to walk into Christian place. Uh, and he walked in there and sat uh, on the floor cross-legged like they do. They don't have pews. They don't have carpet. They don't have nothing like this. Uh, and, uh, and he sat down cross-legged and the man began to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and Simon Dosh went forward uh, and there he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and then he was later baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eventually, because of death threats and even five different times his family trying to kill him and many times almost succeeding, leaving him dead, almost for dead every time they thought he was dead. He escaped into the country of India and now he is one of the pastors of the, of the United Pentecostal Church of South India preaching the gospel. Amen. He can't be around his family. But you know what? He's got a family of God and him and his wife and family are working. Amen. Hallelujah. God is in the business of sending angels. Don't tell me that God can't do it. Don't tell me that God can't send to your loved ones. Don't tell me that God can't do a work. We are living in the days where God is at work. Amen. Getting his church ready. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Amen. On and on and on. God's drawing power. God's drawing power. I watched something on Memorial Day weekend. We were in the state of Arkansas. This lady who had come to this UPC church for years but had been gone and moved away to Texas. She came to visit her family who was in the city. And her son came to church with her. He was backslid since he was 14 years old. He lived there and his wife and their daughter. And we had a good service, long altar service, and people were getting healed. And the Holy Ghost was moving. No one knew that God was really had things all set up. Because nobody sets you up like God. And I was getting my stuff to go outside the door. There was very few left because people had things, you know, it was the holiday, so they were leaving. Pastors is glad that whoever came, came. But there was just a few left there. <clears throat> and I got my stuff and went to load it in the truck. And this lady that's from that church originally, her son and his wife and their daughter was, was coming up to me. And, and they said, uh, oh, our daughter would like to say something to you. And she said, mister, she said, I I'd like to ask you a question. I said, okay, baby, what would you like? And she says, would you help me get the Holy Ghost? So I said, yes, ma'am. And I came right back in and put my stuff down and went over and we started praying for her. And she received the Holy Ghost. Me and the pastor, our wives, this man, his mother, his wife, and this little girl. This man, he, he has no idea all the prayers that's went up for him. He's 14 years old since he'd been in that church. He's kneeling down, he's watching his daughter speak in tongues, and he's smiling. Then all of a sudden, she comes a hold, grabs a hold of his neck and begins to speak in tongues right in his ear, his daughter does. She's like eight years old. And he's sitting here and he's looking around and all of a sudden he goes, <clears throat> he's, trying to not, he's trying not to do it. And the girl won't stop. She just keeps on speaking in tongues. She's holding on to her daddy just to cry and talking in tongues. Something's happening. Drawing starts happening. The prayers of a mother. Amen. A faithful pastor of a church that's been there for years. This pastor that's there, he didn't even know this young man. He hadn't been there before five years or so. But didn't matter. Sunday school teachers have put something in that kid years ago. And now all this is starting to happen. Because this is the hour that we're living in. And the, and the young man's still on his knees, uh, and he's trying not to break down and cry. 
but he just can't help himself. He just don't give in. He waits until it becomes kind of embarrassing. And then he's going, <laughs> and his daughter's still oblivious to everything that's going on, just speaking in tongues. The man's wife's standing back. She's not any familiar, has no uh, familiarity with the Pentecost. She's sitting there watching this thing. What's wrong with all these people? Amen. And this little girl is keeping on in daddy's ear and hugging on to him. She won't let go, and God ain't letting go either. Praise the Lord. Amen. He thought the little girl had a hold on him, but it was God had a hold of him and here he is a 30 something year old man now and and he ends up and he does this he goes ah, 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 ah. and he starts crying at a high crescendo and then immediately he throws up his hands amen in that position by his daughter his daughter's right there amen nobody's in the church just a few of us like I said and all of a sudden he lifts up his hands and he begins speaking in tongues amen Hallelujah. I tell you, that's God's drawing power. He's doing that today. He is drawing. Amen. So don't be amazed at who God brings through that door. You go out next Sunday and get involved in outreach because that's really what it is. Don't say, well, we're not having church, so I'm laying out. Right. Amen. Hey, man, get out there. If you don't do nothing but get in a chair and sit out there by the booth or whatever they're going to do, hey, amen, bring yourself out because you'd be in church anyway. Amen. And we're doing outreach. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And we're going to pray with people. And we're going to minister with people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because people are hungry. They don't know what to do. Don't tell me you don't know what to do. Don't tell me that you're scared to death. I didn't say it's all right to be scared a little bit. You lock yourself up and not come out because you're afraid of something. If you're older and you're listening, God bless you. Amen. But the world ain't scared. And they're looking for something, and we have what they're looking for. I said, we have what they're looking for. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. I said, you have what, they look, what they're looking for. Come on, don't hide it under a bushel, no. Come on, let it shine. Amen. Boy, where'd that come from? Amen. Don't let Satan blow it out. Amen. Hallelujah. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Lord, I'm trying to remember where my notes are at. Amen. God's in the business of greater. It's beyond your imagination what God is going to do. Hallelujah. Amen. It's our time, honey. When Brother James Corbin, missionary to Bangladesh, 
two weeks before he left back overseas of March of March this year and I met him in Arizona and we went out to eat he was leaving out and I was coming through deputizing he told me he said brother Harris he said I traveled all through COVID we all had to stop for just a little while and he said you know what he said brother he said out of 30 years on the mission field and having many deputations, he said, this is the greatest deputation I've ever had. He said, you just start traveling, but you're already seeing God do mighty things. Greater than what we've ever saw before. I'm talking about in states like California and Oregon, Washington, where their leadership is very liberal and they just started coming back to church. Oh, I know I saw that little Mimi or whatever you want to call it on Facebook during we were all locked down. Amen. I saw it and it was just this, uh, this uh, African-American church and this little caption said, this is what's going to happen when I get to go back to church. You probably saw it. Amen. People were shouting and dancing all in the house. The music was playing. People was coming in the door. I want to tell you that I ain't seen none of that. In fact, I was preaching in some of the churches their very first service back and everybody came and looked like everybody had cooties. They were all masked up. Some had two or three masks on. Some been wearing a mask all the time, didn't know it. It's time to take your mask off. Now you know which one I'm referring to. If you want to wear the other one, you go right ahead. And see how good that does you. God bless you. Amen. I went to a church in Arkansas. I wore my mask in August last year. And I infected a whole church and didn't even know I was sick. Everybody got COVID, and I got it, and I got in the hospital. None of them got in the hospital. My wife had a cough and a headache for two days, and I'm in the hospital dying. Or I think I'm dying. I give my wife my last will, and I already had it written, but, but, but I told her who to sing at the funeral and what to do. That's how, that's how I was feeling. But not everybody had that experience. Now they told me that, yes, that, that all that would work, and maybe it does. Maybe I didn't have the right one. But nevertheless, you survived. And you ought to have a party. Some of you ain't real happy you ain't in the hospital hooked up on the ventilator and oxygen. Amen? You know, you survived COVID. 
and you're here because God's got a purpose for you. Are you fulfilling the purpose that God has called you to? That's why you can't go back to being a bench warmer or, or a chair sitter. I don't care how good that feels. Oh. Amen. All right. I'm quitting. Great service today. I ain't got any reason to jump on you. But let me tell you this, and I'm closing. If you're going to hoochie-coochie to the music and do the moonwalk, or you that want to do the moonwalk, whatever that is. I'm old now. I went to church in Illinois a couple weeks ago, and the pastor's wife said, she, she, she remembered me from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and years ago, and she said, Brother Harris was her past, her, 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 her husband told me, isn't that terrible? He said, my wife said, you was old back in 1998. She remembers you being ancient. How old are you? Got a lot of miles on this old boy. Hallelujah. But there's ever a time that we ought to be more on fire than we was is today. Amen. If you lose your train of thought, it's probably a good thing. Let's all stand. Now I will tell you, giving all glory to God, that as an evangelist, I evangelized for 11 and a half years. I had the privilege of seeing thousands of people receive the Holy Ghost. Miracles. And overseas, I could tell you many stories, but that probably wouldn't matter to you because you're not overseas. But on deputation this year, being in a different church every night, sometimes I get a schedule Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and four times on Sunday. I like that. This one guy told me in one church that I preached in a lot. They were going into the second service and I sit down while they were worshiping. And he come over to me. He was just stupid. He came over to me and he said, Brother, it ain't no time to sit down. Let's have church. He ought to have been real happy that I just got done preaching. That young 30-year-old guy don't have any idea. that I can still run circles all around him. Amen? Don't let this fool you. 
I still got it in me. Fire. I'm from the state of Arkansas. Hadn't lived there in a long time. But growing up in the UPC church, we had an independent church that we fellowshiped with. Us young people did. They had singspirations on Saturday night, like open platform, and, and I sang there, and I was friends with the pastor's son, Steve Cyper. And then I moved off. My brother, talking to him before I came in, he said, Steve, come by the store. And he asked about you. And he said, you know, now he's the pastor of his late father's church. But they filled that place up and they went out on the highway in the town that I'm from, small town. 2,000 people. And they built a big fan-shaped church. But Steve, he went off to Bible college and it was a Baptist Bible college. He married a Baptist pastor's daughter. and Good lady. He said, Steve asked me about you. And I told him that you were a missionary. And he said, when's Mark coming in? He said, I'm fixed to go pick him up in about a week. He's flying in. And Steve Sippert said to my brother, tell Mark to call me because I'd sure like to have him come and preach for me. So my brother picked me up. He told me, I'm talking about greater than your imagination can ever hold. God using you in ways, I mean you that want to be used, and you that don't want to be used, I pray that you would ask God to do something in you, to get you out of your shell, because there's, there's something for everyone to do. You might not be in the pulpit, but there's something. Everyone needs to be involved in this end time revival. Everyone. I understand we all have different personalities and not everybody bounces off the walls and you have as much of God as I do. I understand. I'm not taking that away. And we none of us ought to think that, you know, thing is give your all, but 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 there's something that you can do with your personality traits. The church needs you here. Don't think that you're not needed. Because maybe you're a little different. I grew up different. Amen. I know the feelings of insecurity that you get. And you carry them all through your life. May not be as much as it did when you were younger. So my brother told me when he picked me up, Steve Sopper wants you to call him. I said, thank you. That, that means a lot. That's so nice of him. But I come in with a full schedule. And I'm thinking, like, why well, do I want to go preach for him? So a couple months after I'm in, I'm in 
the city that I was raised in and I'm eating at Mazio's Pizza and Steve Seifert walks up to me and he's got his whole family there and he says Mark I told your brother to tell you I said yeah he told me and I'd really love to but I'm really booked he said Mark I really need you to come I'm thinking like I haven't saw this guy in 40 years I'm UPC he's not UPC he probably don't ever want to be UPC I don't know but I teach some things a little bit different than he does now. Huh. Let me just say this right now on the Holy Ghost. Don't judge people by what you see on the outside. By their denomination. Or maybe they won't help in some area. Or you get an opportunity. Take that opportunity. Because it's ordained of God. And I prophesy into your life right now, for many of you, you're going to get opportunities that are going to come. Understand that they are God-ordained. During our conversation, five times he asked me, and finally I asked him, I said, Steve, you've asked me five times. I'm so honored. Thank you, man. It's only been 40 years since I saw you, but, you know, I'm still UPC. You know, I'm not better than you. You know how we've always been. And, but uh, you know what I teach, man. You know what I preach. And, and why do you want me to come? Why are you asking me? Because you seem pretty, pretty desperate. He said, Mark, when your brother told me you were coming in, he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, I got 250 people need the Holy Ghost. He said, Mark, we got to get back to our roots. He said, we walked away from our roots, Mark. And he said, I felt the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me that if you come, then all 250 people, all the 250 people that I have, they'll receive the baptism. That's exactly what he called it, the baptism. And I said, oh, man, that's so awesome. He didn't hear anything about my ministry. I didn't tell him, oh, I've done this. I've been, no, I didn't say nothing. And I knew then it was God. Just took a while for it to penetrate. Amen. But thank the Lord that he didn't give up. Some of you are going to have opportunity. Let me tell you. Don't worry so much about bringing them to church at first. Bring the church to them. I know I'm going really long. Please forgive me. I got to drive three hours and preach at 4.30 at 5. So you, you, you just pray for me. going to send to you? Who has he already put in your path? You don't even know how God's fixing to use you on this journey. 
How many of you have desire to be used of God? That's what God wants to know. Oh, nobody, I, I, oh, oh, my, 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 the power of God's in the house. So all I could do was go on a Wednesday night. But see, God had things set up, and I say all these things for His glory. I haven't told this story in, in a while. Not in my notes, whatever that is. But I went on a Wednesday night. My brother has a business, and the assistant manager goes to church there. He's texting my brother, who is in the UPC church up the road, 40 minutes away. And he says like this, he says, my God, Stephen, who's my brother, he said, Mark's already called me out and told me I'm going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. And he's running up and down the aisles and our people are freaking out because they never seen nothing like this. Pastor Steve told me, whatever you do on deputation, do it. Show your film. And preach Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, and Acts 36 through 39. Acts chapter 2. And so I said, okay, so I got to preach it. That's like setting a big stake in front of me right there. That's it. I can tear that up. So I gave the altar call and six people came. I had no idea that six of them were business owners in that city. No one knew what God was doing. But see, you just don't. All six of them received the Holy Ghost. We started at 7 o'clock. It is now 9.30. Nobody's went home. It's just back a little bit before COVID. Pre-COVID. The kids sit there. And they watch me. The adults sit there and they watch me. I took the pastor with me and the gifts of the Spirit were in operation. I went to one couple and I asked them, are you married? Because if you're going to prophesy to somebody they're going to have a baby, you might want to find out if they're married first. You know, somebody said, well, it's not bad if you miss it. It might have been the person behind them or the person in front of them. There ain't none of that when it comes to prophesying for people to have babies. Some people don't want to have no babies. You don't miss and hit that. This one couple was the whole turning point in the revival for this church. Really, it was God, but he used them. They said, we're married. I said, God heard your prayer, and you're going to have a baby such and such date, and the sex of your child is going to be such and such. And they cried, and I prayed for them, and I moved on. Three couples were prophesied that they were going to have babies, and I did it privately. I know when I come up to you and want to pray for you today, if you're married, you're going to go. I understand. I won't do it unless God tells me. But 
if you are here, then there's a purpose for me telling this story. Pastor Steve got kind of upset with me. And he called me aside. Now everybody's still staring at us. These six people are still on the altar speaking in tongues. They've been in the altar long enough for my brother to get out of the UPC church and come all the way there and see his manager of the store that he runs and owns speaking in tongues. And my brother and sister-in-law came in because they had the business in that town. Everybody was already at McDonald's at the UPC church. Steve said to me, Pastor Steve, he said, Mark, you missed it. He said, you did it. He said, them people, they want a baby, I know. But he said, they already got five, and I don't know why they need another one. And I went, don't look at me. And he said, they done been to the doctor. And he said, she's had a medical procedure. He's had a medical procedure. And it's impossible. The doctor told him, it's impossible. You've had your last child. It's not possible medically for you to have another baby. So I looked at Pastor Steve. And I said, Steve, you put it on your date book, son. Got a little cocky, not, not mean. I said, put it on your date book. Put the sex of the child that was said. Put the date that was said from the word of the Lord. And I said, they're going to have a baby just like the Lord said. And he don't care anything about that. So he paid me and I went on down the road. I didn't even get taken out to eat. Three weeks later, my phone rang. Pastor Steve called me back. He said, Mark, you got to come. I said, oh, no, I can't. I missed it. <laughs> little, little, little smart aleck there. Please forgive me. I said, I, I don't know if you're ready for this apostolic ministry. He said, oh, he said, he said, that ain't it. He said, you know, we didn't have 250 people get the Holy Ghost. We only had six. But he said, all six of them were in business. And he said, you know, Tony got the Holy Ghost. That's my brother. Yeah. He said, these people have went all over town and in their businesses telling everybody about the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to know the UPC church, the church that taught the truth in that town, Nobody said anything when they walked out of their service because they just had the same old, same old. Do they have good service? Yeah. Do they have good music? Yeah. But they didn't have six people just get the Holy Ghost. And they're not the ones that's blowing up the Facebook page of the town. They're not the ones telling everybody that they work with about receiving the Holy Ghost. And he said, you got to come back. He said, i got the Catholic priest wants to come. The Baptist pastor wants to come. He said, I, I think we can fill this house up. And he said, you know, I still believe for 250 people to receive the baptism. That's still in me. So I made a date, and I went back on a Sunday night. I made the mistake. I called him a week before, and I said, Steve, I said, bring everybody in wheelchairs. Go to the nursing home, clean them out. 
assisted living facilities. Bring them. I said, everybody that's sick, come on. Amen. God's going to move. People's going to be healed, delivered, and set free. Now, I was doing the very same thing I always done, usually before I went to any one of our churches. Normally. And I knew what to expect. You know what I expected? I expected nobody in wheelchairs was there. I expected visitors, to, uh, I expected, uh, you know, that there wouldn't be no visitors there. There wouldn't be nobody with cancer there. There wouldn't be nobody with sick there. Because we don't know anybody but church people. All our friends are church people now. And the other people that we see got the plague. And I don't mean COVID. I'm Pentecostal. I wear my dress down to my ankles. My hair has never been cut. I don't have beards and mustaches. We don't smoke and we don't chew and we don't run with those who do. We don't have anybody to win because we don't know anybody. Because all our friends are now church people. Isn't that sad? That's the point I'm making. And we don't need no holier than thou's. Self-righteous. Better than thou's because of where I go to church and how I've been raised. Hallelujah. So we got there that night. I had no idea that the Sunday night before I came, that couple came up to the platform. I found this after the, after the fact. They told the whole church, they said, that man that's coming in, Mark Harris, his brother Stephen Harrison, they own the business here. His dad run it. His family's own it. But Mark Harris, a missionary that was here months ago, he prophesied to us that we were going to have a baby. It was medically impossible, according to medical science. But we want to tell this church that that man gave us a word from the Lord and said we would have a such and such sex of baby, that, that it would be born on such and such day. And he said, we've got a report. He said, we want to report to this church, he said, that I am pregnant with my sixth child. And it's the same sex that that man told me. It is going to be born on the same day that that man said God told him. And when he did that, when she said that, the faith went through that place. And when I got to that church the next Sunday night, there were 25 people sitting in wheelchairs in that church. I tell you what, I about had heart attack, three cows and everything else. I'm sitting there, I'm looking at them because I just went in right at 7 o'clock and I sit down or 6 or whatever time they started and I went to the side and I looked at all those people in wheelchairs and I said, oh my Lord, oh God, what am I going to do? Oh Lord, send Billy Cole from the dead, raise him up right now, Lord. Bring Lee Stone King out of his room in his house and fly him here some way, God. This is not me, Lord. I'm not overseas. And the Lord said, that's enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. He didn't say I was enough. 
He said he was enough. And I preached on Acts 2.38 again, showed the video again, ran up and down the aisles again. They all freaked out again with their mouths wide open. And now the Catholic priest was there. The Baptist pastors were there. And then when we got done, I decided to do something really crazy. I formed a prayer line because I said, I'm fixing to leave and this ain't about me. Too old for that. I lined up. There were 24 preachers there. They said they were preachers. None of them were UPC. Can you believe that? The Baptist guy came up. The Catholic guy came up with his backward collar or whatever. I respected him. And they lined up 12 on each side. And I taught them how to do an old-fashioned prayer line. Because I done heard from the Lord. Because I knew that if people believed that 250 people were going to get the Holy Ghost, and they went out and they invited those 25 people, amen, those wheelch people in wheelchairs, I knew that they had faith to believe that they were going to get up. I stayed at the very end. And they started coming down in the prayer line. Probably the first time any of them ever been in the prayer line before. You know, we like the old time we used to do. Not knocking our time now, just saying. Y'all seen the look on all of our faces when that first person came through in a wheelchair and about midway when all those preachers that none of them were licensed with us. I don't know what they believed and I didn't care. Neither did God at that moment. What he cared is that we had faith. 